0: and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission, and we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Father, I bless your name. We give you thanks this morning for who you are. You are our redeemer. You are our greatest strength. You are our healer. We thank you for the healings that have occurred. For we have faith that men are being healed. We thank you for them that are being redeemed from the tentacles of evil. We thank you for the salvations we're receiving tonight. Lord, we thank you for strength and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray with faith. Amen. Amen. It is impossible to thank God when you cannot thank men of God. Because men were created in the image and the likeness of God. So allow me appreciate and thank Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari. For giving us opportunity to minister on this glorious day of our Lord Jesus Christ amen this is my second time ministering here a day of prayer such an awesome opportunity to minister amongst men and women that the Lord has called for our generation hallelujah I'm going to be discussing the mystery of thanksgiving and praise And today, like a good student of Harvest Institute, I'm going to try to use the space here. (laughs) Amen. I came alongside with Pastor Chirabo. Powerful woman of God. The mystery of Thanksgiving is one of the hidden mysteries of the kingdom of God that will change your life forever. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 92, verse 1 and 2, that it is a good thing to thank the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Psalms 92, from verse 1 to 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to his holy name because he's the most high God. Every genuine thanksgiving usually results into praise. To bless the Lord is to be thankful to him. Amen? The best way to praise God is with our mouths in song and with our bodies in a dance. Oh, yes. You can't praise the Lord in your spirit just there. There must be an expression. Bishop Oedipus says that a songless tongue is a thankless, and a danceless leg is the result of a thankless heart. bishop Edepo is one of the greatest authorities on thanksgiving and praise amen and he says that a songless tongue is a thankless and a danceless leg is as a result of a thankless heart you can't be saying I'm, I'm happy when you can't express your happiness and joy amen and you can't say for me I can't dance we go we go try to shake your body some people think that people who dance are professional dancers If you want to praise the Lord, you can invest in the time to go learn how to dance for the Lord. I'm just saying. So what is thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is acknowledging God for who he is. Because he's the one behind the exploits. He's the one behind the provision, the promotion, the protection that comes to us. Amen. And the book of James chapter 1 and verse 7 says, James chapter 1 verse 7 says that every good and perfect And every perfect gift um, is from above, and it cometh down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everything, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Therefore, he deserves our thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a grateful acknowledgement and celebration of the benefits and favour of God. The Bible says in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter five and verse eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse eighteen, the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. The will of God is that we give thanks in everything. In every tiny detail, we have a responsibility. This is a command to give thanks. Because that is the will of God in Christ concerning you. A heart full of gratitude is a heart that recognizes how undeserving we are. It is a heart fixed on God that will thank God for what He's doing. Praise is our response to God for who He is to us. We live in a world where we focus so much on the things we desire and forget to thank God for the things. That he is yet to do. A man and woman of faith will thank God for that which is yet to manifest. Psalms 102, 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not. That's the most important thing. Forget not all his benefit. We have the uncanny ability not to forget all the things we want God to do. Yet we can't count that which he has done When you tell individuals start thanking God for things that he has done they, for, they, they, can't, they, can't, they can't recognize off their memory They're like what has he done Although he has done quite much We struggle to find what he has done Yet when we ask for what to pray for We have a long prayer list Amen So Whatever God is doing in our lives is marvelous and we should never underscore it. Thanksfulness is what makes our praise genuine. If you are not thankful, you can't praise. Our attitude of gratitude will raise our altitude. So our attitude to express our thankful- thankfulness will be the basis upon which we rise to another altitude our attitude of gratitude will raise our altitude i used to confuse those two words in my primary school (laughs) attitude and altitude (laughs) amen when you deny god the praise you are saying he has not done something It's a command from God to praise Him. Psalms 150, verse 6, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. By heaven's protocol, thanksgiving precedes praise. By the protocol of heaven, thanksgiving precedes praise. You can't praise when you don't have a thankful heart. Only a thankful heart can be praiseful. And because of this, thanksgiving makes the devil go crazy. A man that thanks God is a man of faith. A man or woman that thanks God makes the devil crazy because the devil is after our praise. The devil does not want you to praise God. If you can be cut off from praising God, the devil has you. Every time a man is in a problem, he tends to forget all the things God has done for him. And what does he do? He focuses on what is yet, God is yet to do while neglecting what God has done. Andrew Womack tells of a story. I've been listening to Andrew Womack for the last eight days. Listening to no one else apart from him. And he says that one man went to divorce his wife. And he told the, the, the lawyer. The lawyer was a Christian. And he told him, I want to divorce my wife because we are incompatible. I no longer understand her. I'm a man of God, traveling the world, signing books, doing a lot of things. But my wife seems to be the other type. I think she's not making the effort. And this lawyer told the man, I think there is a side of your wife that you've not seen. And then he told the man to start noting down certain things about his wife over a couple of days i think there were 14 days and every day he should be praying into that one thing he's noticed about his wife and the man says he went for the first day and he tried to look for something to thank god for his wife and he couldn't find it yeah and then he called the lawyer the lawyer told him look guy ask god to show you something about your wife Bishop Frank Butter told us, sometimes we can fail to praise God, thank him, because we, let's, let us ask the Holy Spirit to show us if we are so forgetful. He's a helper. And then the man realized that there was something tiny he could thank God for for his wife, and then he started speaking to that. My wife has never cheated, so he started praying for that, over that, thanking God for a wife that never cheats. And then the next day he had something else. The thing about thankfulness, thanksgiving, is that once you start thanking God, you are going to have another reason to thank God for another thing. It's a posture of heart which can be cultivated. Hallelujah. I said we are going to discuss, right? And then he began on, and after 14 days, I think around in the middle of the, 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 the I think around after day 7, the, man asked, the, the lawyer asked the man, so how far are you still interested in the divorce? He says, hold on a bit. And after 14 days, he had realized that his wife was such an amazing wife. Now, thanksgiving means we focus on the good things. And we are going to make the effort to focus on the good things. If they can't come off ahead, we are going to investigate and find the things we are going to thank God for. I'm speaking like a unbeliever. I'm starting like basic level. The language I'm using is find find something yeah to be able to thank God because this thing has to be done it's very important as I'm going to show you because it's a commandment from God. Amen if you don't know how to think you will never know how to thank it starts with reflecting and thinking about what God has done then you can know how to thank god forget not all his benefits says the bible you provoke the wrath of god when you forget his favor and blessings it's all over the bible the children of israel he had to always remind them was i not the one who took you by my mighty hand from egypt you know look god through all scriptures is reminding the children of god how he took them out of egypt by his mighty hand parting the waters, killing all their enemies. Amen. So you have a long list of what you want God to do, but you can't remember the things he has done. We need to take stock of God's blessing towards us. When we focus on what he's doing in our lives, it won't be difficult for us to praise him. God wants us to see. God wants us to see and recognize what he has done before he can do more. His promises towards us are going to be fulfilled to the degree we express our gratitude for what he has done. You have the capacity to unlock the promises of God by thanksgiving. You have no right to stand before God and ask for things to fulfill his promises when you've not thanked him for the promises he has already fulfilled in your life. Amen. I also want to stress that he has already done everything for us that pertains to life and godliness. And even that which is yet to manifest So we access what he has done By acknowledging by faith That he has done it And that we can only prove this awareness By thanking God for these things Do you have an awareness Of the things he has already done I think one of the reasons Why we are not uh, thankful Or uh, grateful in our hearts Is because we have no awareness That he has already done things And the only thing we need is to access What he has already done So, how do I understand the message of grace? How do I understand that what I am seeking has already actually been done and I walk by faith to access it? Thanking God for a miracle that has happened. As we're going to see through the Bible, Jesus had this secret. He always thanked God. Prayer could be slower than thanksgiving. Yeah. So you bring into manifestation what you thank God for. Gratitude unlocks promises. So when we thank God for the things he has done, we are reminding him of the things he is yet to do. Have you ever seen somebody thanking you but they want something else from you? Yeah, you can manipulate God. That's the only way you can manipulate him. Bishop Depot says that thanksgiving is God's hotline. That when you pray petition, he can send angels, but when it's thanksgiving it's him direct. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I quoted Bishop Depot, so you know it's not me. Amen. So we thank God for the things he has done and that's how we remind him of the things that he is yet to do. Our forgetting of his benefits makes him forget our needs. So what we do to God determines what he does to us. Psalms 103 from verse 1 to verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and not forget all, not some, all of his benefits. The more you thank God, the less your petitions will be. The more you thank God, the less you ask for things from him. As you continue thanking God, he takes charge of what others are interceding for. The only thing you have to do is to thank God. I was asking myself, why do all these people who are so faithful... And they're having results. Why are they not spending a lot of time asking for things? And why is it that for them, they are all, the only thing they're doing is thanking God? It's a secret of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of First John, chapter five and verse fifteen, that it is the will of God to thank Him. First John. So if anyone sees his brother sinning, okay, is it First John? Yeah. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and, if he, and he will give him life. For those who commit sin, not leading to death, there is sin leading to death. I would not say that he should pray about that. Is it verse fourteen? Fourteen. And if we know what that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that what, we know that we have petitions that we have asked of him, the will of God. God is hearing so we can make petitions in error due to our cannot desires and you have to look for it where it is located in scripture to attach your petition to the scripture to cajole God into acting on it but you can never error with thanksgiving it is just plain thank you Jesus because thanksgiving itself is the will of God you can pray amiss, but you cannot thank, give thanks amiss. Why? Because this one touches God directly. With petitions, God will send an angel to deliver your answer, but at thanksgiving, you come down himself. Because thanksgiving is God's hotline. You can't fail to get through that. The lines are jammed. No. It's the hotline of heaven on the prayer altar. Now, baby believers believe that they are only going to thank God for that which has manifested physically. Yeah. But the Bible tells us in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3 and verse 17, that though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field may yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no hard in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the good of my salvation. Maybe believers don't know that. They're only going to thank God for the food and for all the different things that have been manifested naturally. We are supposed to be praising God continually, but society says it is impossible to thank God give thanks for something that you are yet to see if you are blessing the lord and you are joyful it's an indicator of your spiritual maturity or where you stand spiritually the bible says in the book of first peter chapter one and verse eight that if you are in faith you rejoice with joy and faith whom having not seen you love first peter one and eight Though now you do not see him Yet believing you rejoice with joy Inexpressible and full of glory Receiving the end of your faith The salvation of your souls Hallelujah Hallelujah. If in your imagination There is faith in something God is doing Or yet to do You will thank God Praise is important for you not for God it is what changes you it is for you you don't give praise to God it is for you, it is what changes you God wants you to become a certain person He said, there's a difference between who God created who he spoke and who you are it's a journey and your faith is the distance between who God created and who you are So when Peter walked on water, it was because Jesus was coming to rescue them. They had been praying for him. Yeah, they were praying. We need help. And the man came. And when he came, they said he was a ghost. (laughs) Instead of thanking God for him coming, they had no revelation that it was him. This was the first thing he told them. He showed himself to them, but they were worried. He told them to cheer up. He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Have joy. But the guys were trembling and they were afraid. They were cursing, saying, a ghost. One man of God came to our church. And there was a... You know when the presence of God comes down, strange things happen. So there was somebody there prophesying. And the man of God started casting out a demon. I told him, look, guys, you just have to have the spiritual intelligence to understand that this is not a demon. This is a manifestation of the presence of God. You can call the presence of God a demon. I go to many places, and the man called Jesus is moving in a room. And people say, I saw, some, I saw somebody. And they are describing, the Holy Spirit is a person. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is this is what this guy saw. They called him a ghost. He's a person, he's a person. The Holy Ghost. Is a person, right? We have to have to clear that. Amen. So he told them, be of good cheer. Why didn't Jesus stop, stop the storm? Why did he tell them to be of good cheer? Even before there was any reason for them in the nature to be of good cheer. God wants us to focus on his word. The word of his promise. He wants us not to reject the facts but to put our focus on him and what he has said because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Looking unto him Peter was look the moment Peter looked at Jesus he was able to walk on water. The moment he put his eyes on the natural started sinking. When we focus on that which is yet to manifest, we will not sink. Amen. Imagine praying to God and He turns up and you become worried. People who should be thanking giving thanks are now casting that is a ghost. It's because God responds to our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith does make God move why because faith receives what God has already done by faith we receive all the people that are receiving the things God has already done it's because they have the awareness that it has already done it, and by faith they receive it the access amen one of the ways to operate in faith is to be of good cheer even if the circumstances say otherwise be of good cheer Abma always says it is well. You know, the thing is too big. What you give your focus will grow and exaggerate itself. A lot of the problems around the world are exaggerated. Because after the thing has ended, and you look at it and then you ask, now why were you worrying me? Amen. Now, we are being fed with a lot of things from the media, gloom, Afghanistan, now Gaza, now Iraq, now Sudan, now this. You, know, you don't know that that has a big impact on your mind and how you think. People are building bankers. During COVID, people went and bought everything from the stores, saying the world is coming to an end. There was a time in 2000 when they said, why 2K? And we did a lot of things. The world is coming to an end. First, as we are preaching in church, why two okay? The world is coming to an end. You need to be in church on the thirty-first of December, nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you are born after two thousand, you can't understand. <laughs> Amen. You are not going to thank God just because there is a reason to be thankful in the natural. You are not going to thank him because just there is a reason in the natural. That's for baby believers. Be of good cheer even when the world seems to be falling apart in the natural. The world falling apart in the natural does not mean the world is falling apart in the spiritual. Because we are made of three distinct parts. The spirit, the body, and the soul. So what might seem to be a stated fact in the body might be the other thing in the spirit. And it often happens that once it is this in the body, it is this in the spirit. Somehow, if it is relating to a believer. So, most people think that their emotions are a direct response of what is happening in their lives, that it is happening now. No, that's a camouflage. The enemy deceives men. It's called deception. One of the wheels or the strategies of the devil, according to Ephesians chapter 6, that the Satan has strategies which he has carefully devised to know how to destabilize you. So he uses deception. He exaggerates a situation so that you can act contrary to what God has said. All this to rob God of praise. Amen So your emotions are a direct response To what you are thinking And what you are thinking might be Informed by the wrong scenario Or situation There is nothing that has happened But if you believe based on how you think You can then become emotional Then we also have all these sorts of people Who say for me I'm this personality type That for me I'm a sanguine I'm a melancholic I'm a choleric Science has deceived us. Your spirit is regenerated. You receive the Spirit of God. You cannot be melancholic. For me, I can't be around people. Go to the zoo. I am talking about faith. I am talking about faith. I'm talking about faith and I'm talking about thank- giving thanks to God. You can't thank God for the people God has allowed you to access because you are melancholic. Whatever that means. People give excuses. My culture, for me I'm a mchiga. People say for me I'm a, I'm a what? Oh, you are a child of God. Your culture and tribe, they count. They don't count. So you can be manipulated into thinking differently. Right? That's what I'm trying to state. There's a thing called virtual reality where you put on the thing on your face and you find people just there. That's what the devil is doing. It creates, recreates a reality which is not existing. Artificial intelligence we find people shouting because they are being taken on a roller coaster. If you are thinking in faith, you will see things differently. That is virtual reality. You are shouting because you are thinking things differently. If you are seeing in spirit, your response is going to be different. It's going to be Thanksgiving. By the way, let me tell you, is it in James? Consider it pure joy, my brother and sister. When trials of this kind come to you, just Celebrate because they are not coming to for any reason there's something behind their coming Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says to be carnally minded is death it doesn't say it leads to death but spiritual mindedness leads to life and peace spiritual mindedness is not looking spiritual and talking spiritual yeah that's how some people by the way, interpret it they say a spiritual person. By the way, let me just tell you, the most spiritual person don't look like they're spiritual. And the most unspiritual person will try to cast an impression of spirituality. We live around them. The men and women of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John 6, 63, that the words I speak unto you are spirit. And they are life. Spiritual mindedness is not looking spiritual and talking spiritual. Spiritual mindedness is word mindedness. Being conscious of the promise of God, promises of God based on His word concerning your life. Word mindedness. The word is spirit and life. If I want to see what is that you planted, I just have to go to your garden. What is it that you planted? It is going to grow the word will demonstrate how much of your word, the word they boasted inside of you will show by your results. Results are as a result of faith. Everything you see, somebody has had a vision and they have moved in faith towards a moving towards faith. But you can't thank God if you are not having faith. So, special-mindedness produces life and peace and thanksgiving. As long as you think that way, you are going to see things happen. As a man thinks, so he is. So, if your thinking is being fed with lies, your, your response is not going to be thanksgiving you can't praise God only when your problems are sorted by God. It doesn't matter if a bad things happen to you. On the author and perfecter of our faith. His eyes were on Jesus. When he lost sight of Jesus, because Jesus told him, Come, that was a promise. Come, and it was the word of God. Come. He lost sight of the word. And when he lost sight of the word, he started sinking. The Bible doesn't say he sank all at once. He started sinking. He went back to the natural realm. He saw the winds and the waves. Hebrews 12, verse 2 and verse verse 2 to 3 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author, and finisher of our faith looking unto Jesus means looking at your situation with the eyes of God it was faith that kept it on top of the water the winds and the waves had nothing to do with him they could not stop him the winds and the waves took him back into the natural realm where he was seeing things by sight he took his attention from the natural realm and he began to think. what took his attention from the supernatural was the natural Focus on the natural, you lose sight of the real thing. So I have some points. What does thanksgiving do for us? Number one, thanksgiving sets off the supernatural naturally. Whatever there is thanksgiving, there is multiplication. Read your Bible well. Each time there is thanksgiving, there is multiplication. When Jesus, in that scripture, in the book, whichever version, whichever book you want to use, either Luke or Mark or John, he gave thanks. He didn't pray. Jesus did not pray for the, for the fish to be multiplied. He prayed a short prayer. I want to think that a short prayer is preceded by a long prayer but you can have a long prayer without faith because many people are praying but there are no results they might be praying the wrong way Andrew Marx says there is a good way of praying he says it's called the sandwich method thanksgiving petition thanksgiving sandwich you start with thanking God and you end by thanking God thanking god for what he has done in the natural and what he is about to do and then you end by thanking god for that which he is doing or what he has done for which you believe that you are accessing it by faith amen so thanksgiving offsets supernatural the supernatural naturally the supernatural can become natural it can become part of your life if you're living a life of faith There is something Jesus knew that we didn't know. He multiplied supernatural. What was insufficient became abundant. Apmores tells us that when Jesus moves into a place, everything changes. Skaste is eliminated. But Skaste was eliminated because Jesus was the man of faith. He never prayed to God, my father, I want you to heal this person right now. No. He just thanked him, believing that his father has done it. Amen. So there's something that Jesus knew. You see, he was our guide into the operations of the kingdom. He taught more about the kingdom of God and even demonstrated how the kingdom works. And if we are kingdom agents, thy will come, that will be done on earth as it is heaven. If we are kingdom agents, I wish you know, I think you know that you are kingdom agents, quote, expand the dominion over father, and that you are princes ruling over principalities. The principality is not the musamba there in your village you are the principality you are the prince ruling over that principality the bible says in Psalms 82 that you are gods yes you are sons of the most high god you reign actually there is a there is god is admonishing the sons of god for not standing in their position as sons of god that you are not judging well how can this happen in this territory yeah Psalms 82 It says, God is seated among the whatever. It is God judging us, the the saints, his sons. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Who are the mighty? You and me. He judges among the gods, not Zeus. (laughs) We are the gods. Because the Bible says, yes, you are gods. Sons of God. So, if you think the Bible there was talking about Zeus, you are deluded. Amen. So, Jesus gave thanks, and what was impossible naturally was multiplied supernaturally by faith. So, what was insufficient became abundant. There is something Jesus knew that men need to know. When, Lazarus, when Jesus wanted Razarus to come out of the grave, He did not say in the name of Jesus I command you Lazarus my friend With whom we were walking together Come out The Bible says and he gave thanks To God and then shouted Lazarus out You are making people here miserable And I don't want to see misery That was Jesus I've been teaching at our church I do not want anyone to bring bad news To me I'm averse to these things because you, you can, somebody exaggerates Somebody wants to tell you a bad news But then they, they go all the way You know they're exaggerating the thing By the time they say the thing you're already intimidated <laughs> How can you thank God When you are, you are being infested with fear Amen One of the secrets to performing miracles Is to thank God for miracles Before they happen It is stepping into faith It is believing it has happened It is saying, I can't be unconvinced out of expecting a miracle today. That whatever distraction you, you cannot unconvince me. My miracle is here. It's going to happen. All the times the Lord has used me to perform a miracle, it has been because I have been radical about my faith. Like, whatever distraction I'm not going to believe it. This thing is going to happen. Your ears are going to open. And I've said it And it happens Nothing really different Faith Amen Amen. So Thanksgiving commits God To performing his word God only responds To his word God cannot perform outside of the boundary Of his word And you can only invoke that By faith Thanksgiving is the conclusion of prayer. It is your alpha, it is your omega, and other things come in between. And Roma calls it sandwich. Number two, Thanksgiving is the secret of greatness. The success of great men in the Bible is gratitude. Grateful men are great men. Grateful man Because gratitude determines altitude So if you're a grateful man You're going to become a great man You're going to be elevated and lifted Because gratitude is what determines Altitude When Daniel received the revelation Of Nebuchadnezzar The dream that he had The first thing he did was to thank God And it's a long thanksgiving This is what he said Daniel chapter 2, verse 19 to verse 23. This is what Daniel said. Daniel 2, 19 to 23. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel did what? Blessed the God of heaven, saying, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. They are not mine. I have revealed the mystery. By speaking it out, but God visited me in the night vision. So, blessed be the Lord God forever. Because wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. That's a prophecy for you, by the way. Do you know that Apostle Paul never introduced an episode without a thanksgiving note? Every episode, he said, First, 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 he said, I, Paul, the apostle, who met God, God called me. And then he starts, Blessed be the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, and da, da 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 da. Every time, thanking God always in his episodes. I think Paul was the most thankful man in the Bible. To the degree that we can only authenticate this as the word of God as the words of Paul when we see his signature, thanking God. If you are reading the Bible and you don't know which book of the Bible you're reading, and the thanks it's in the New Testament, and the person writing is saying a lot of thanksgiving, that's Paul. He always rejoices at the start. So I've said that, number two, thanksgiving is the secret of great men. I'm talking about what thanksgiving does. So you could even say, thanksgiving makes grateful men great. Number three, it breaks closed doors. Very simple things it breaks closed doors and heavy chains. You know, these guys in the book of Acts chapter 6 and verse 20, 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas, they prayed the whole night and nothing happened. Imagine praying and nothing doesn't happen. And then when you switch to praising and thank, giving thanks to God, then the Bible says the thing started shaking, the prison. But by the way, they first intimidate you by showing you this guy, the commander of the jail was charged was told put them in the innermost prison they even said put chains on their legs like these are dangerous people you've watched those movies eh? and they put an iron chain on the wall with the ring so no movement there's a way God wants to prove himself he allows certain things before he shows up They put the chains They thought maybe he would use a a, a metal thing To to cut the Because they told him this is a very dangerous person These are very dangerous people Mm? And what happened is that There was an earthquake And the earthquake shook the building And the chains Broke Hallelujah the heavens came down. Jesus Christ never prayed. He gave thanks and the fish was multiplied. Anything that can stand for prayer and at least, at least such a result must be key, must be a powerful key. If there is a thing that can stand in the place of prayer and give us such a result, that thing must be a secret and a very powerful secret. Thanksgiving. Amen. Number four, thanksgiving wakes up dead things. Yeah. Whatever was dead in your life tonight, we've thanked God for its resurrection. Resurrection is restoration, it is renewal. Jesus thanked God, and Lazarus came out of the tomb. He didn't pray. John 11 4. Jesus did not pray. Meanwhile, you know, there are people waiting for him to pray. The sisters came and told him, Could you just pray? You're your, your whatever is sick. He was waiting for, for the moment to demonstrate the power of this secret. When, when, when Jesus said, They said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory, for the glory of God. That the Son of God may be glorified through it. Take us down. Hey, the time is running fast. Is it minus or many? <laughs> I want that moment where he, he 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 calls out him from the from the dead. Yeah, that particular verse. There's something important Jesus says. Uh-huh. Then they took away the stone from the dead man, where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his hands and said, Father, I thank that you have heard me. Ah. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Not that you are hearing me. Do you see a pattern? When he multiplied the fish, he thanked God. When he called out the man from the tomb, he thanked God by lifting up his hand and thanking God, as if to say, "It's in your hands, Guaman. For me, I'm here to represent you." Sometimes we have a lot of burdens that we are putting on ourselves, which are not ours. You are under pressure to perform a miracle. You are under pressure to prove that you are God. You are the small one with the small gear. Amen. That I'm done with that one. Number five, there are victories in battle that are won by thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is spiritual warfare. 101. Isaiah 54, verse 1. This was a prophecy. Sing, O barren. 54, verse 1 to 4. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry loudly. You who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. Says the Lord. Says the Lord. Prophecy says the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is going to inform the guest of what I'll be preaching about. Which would close. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 23. Remember that story when the Esophat is encircled and all these people, all these nations, different nations, and is worried. The Bible says he went to God he went to god and reminded god of his word he said are we not the children of your friend abraham this land that they want to take from us is it not the land that you promised us no you are the one. this is your business yeah that's what that's what their prayer was and what happened as the other guys were gathering an army these guys were gathering a band One of the things that was revealed to me when a church is an altar and it's the embassy of God and the commander is here leading the choir, it is spiritual affair. No one does it here better than Prophet Angie. For those of us who are spiritual, we see an army at war. I know I've helped somebody today Rejoice even if the circumstances are tough Because it's for a while I'll come back to that eh? Great faith will make you rejoice Knowing that the object of pain Is playing things in your favor Opportunities always lie hidden among the thorns The obstacles of life are meant to sieve and establish you As a monopoly Because they will limit anyone Who has not focused on the prize I want to tell you that there is a reward for having faith. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of this kind. Consider it pure joy because after the trial, which is, going, which is already done, celebrate when you see the trial. I have not seen anyone climb a mountain peacefully, but then you get to the top of the mountain, right? So your response should be to thank God the trials are getting you closer. If you are going to need faith to move mountains, you are going to thank God for the circumstances which stretch that faith. The purposes of trials is to build up your faith. It is people who have faith muscles who have built, which have been built through trials that move mountains. You should be thanking God for the trial matches, the trial games. Your faith must be exercised to be able to move mountains. So, if somebody gives you an opportunity to exercise your faith, why don't you rejoice? Thanksgiving allows us to seek God and worship him in truth. When our primary focus is not on what is not working, we'll always miss celebrating what is working. And what is working is equestrated by God. It's actually working because they finished it. We enter into rest by faith, believing that God has finished that which we can't see but what he has already done. Then what is praise? That was thanksgiving. Praise is appreciating God for his person. It's appreciating him for who he is. When we praise God, our focus is on him, not us. When we praise, we put our focus on him. And we look away from what we think we didn't have to who we have because it is he who holds the keys to the desires of our hearts? When the Bible says, Sing your praises with understanding, it means that praises with understanding is spiritual affair. You can't praise without understanding. And if the Bible tells you praise with understanding, it's meaning that whatever you are involved in, how can you praise with understanding? It means that there is an intention behind it, it means ordered praise is a war it's not entertaining, neither is it a display of skill. Noise is spiritual. Jericho failed by noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You who does not want to make noise because you are melancholic. Now, if David danced, he knew something about dancing As spiritual warfare Now David was the greatest commander of Israel And he danced There must be something about dancing Let me tell you They tell you Solomon was wise But his father was David The writer and author of most of the Psalms Was David Now a soldier That writes songs what is praise what is thanksgiving many people know about the thousands that he killed but it was not David that killed it was the Holy Spirit at work when the, David the author of many Psalms out of which many of our songs comes from danced it means dance and song are important the last one Praise of saints, supernatural increase, and supernatural provision. Psalm 67, verse 5 and 7. That's the last one. Even my time is over. Let the people praise thee, O oh God. Let all the people praise you, not, not some of them, not the ones who are skilled in praising. Some people think that praise is just a thing we put on the program alongside prayer. It could be the main thing After the word Then the earth shall yield Increase when people praise And God Even our God for emphasis When they say God Even our God Not that thing Shall bless us God shall bless us And all the, what, the ends of what The ends of the earth shall fear him Meaning when you praise God Where you are going is far glory and glory. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555 That is Zero three nine three two eight one five 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 We're taking territory We're breaking